0: Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff, my name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. What? <sighs> so early in the podcast, I dude. wanted to I was do it just...
0: before you did.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, I had I had predetermined that I wasn't going to make our classic joke.
0: Right. Well, about... let's let's clue in our our listeners to what we're talking about, and we'll do that through a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from Christopher, and Christopher says, Hey guys, I was mowing the lawn the other day when I thought I would break the monotony and listen to my iPod. Then I thought how I would need to crank up the volume super high in order to hear anything over the sound of the lawnmower. I decided that this probably wasn't the best idea and went on mowing the lawn in complete boredom. That got me wondering, how do earbuds affect a person's hearing? I know it can't be healthy to listen through earbuds at a volume level where someone across the room can tell which ACDC song you're listening to, but I'm sure earbuds will s- still have a negative impact at lower levels. How do I know what a safe listening level is? What, if anything, are companies doing about this? Thanks a bunch, Christopher. Uh, Chris, so obviously my joke at the beginning was a joke in poor taste about hearing loss. Which I actually have. What? <laughs> ah, nice. Sorry, I was putting it in context there. So, and and Paulette, of course, is a percussionist. Now, yes. uh, just a quick question: do
1: Do you actually have hearing loss? Not that I'm aware of. But ah. then again, I've been I've been practicing and actually performing with earplugs in for years now.
0: Very so, very um, wise. Um, whereas... and, and as a matter
1: of fact, to to Christopher's point, I mow the lawn with earplugs because I don't even the sound of the lawnmower by itself, without adding music or something else on top of it. You know, that's, that's pretty loud. loud so enough.
0: that is Mr. Paulette's version of the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. if it, it, it,
1: It's more like the soft rock lifestyle.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, Jonathan Colton yes, has a song for you. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I was going to talk a little bit before we really get into the whole earbuds thing. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about how hearing works. Oh, that's a good idea. So that we can kind of get yeah. a, a handle on why loud sound can be a problem. Okay. So – Here's the general process that happens uh, when we hear a sound. So, Mm -hmm. of course, sound travels in waves.
1: Right. uh, The sound is created as a longitudinal wave. Yes. And uh, as it crashes into the medium, they they create uh, a different kind of wave. Right. You know, longitudinal waves.
0: Right, right, right. So – You've got these, these waves. Essentially you have air molecules banging into each other. Right. And then those travel. They get captured by your ear. Your ear is shaped in the way that it is. It's kind of like a funnel. Mm-hmm. It sort of funnels sound into the, uh, the, the canal of your ear. Right. Um, the sound travels down and it, it makes contact with your, uh, your eardrum. Right. Right. So this causes the eardrum to vibrate. Now the eardrum is connected to, a uh, uh, a little bone that we call the hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of three tiny bones that are in your middle ear. Mm-hmm. There's the hammer, the anvil and the stirrup. All right. Right. So the hammer is connected to the anvil Anvil is connected to the stirrup and the stirrup is connected to the cochlea. Oh yes. Which is the snail shaped uh, element in your inner ear. Mm-hmm. All right. So the eardrum vibrates. This in turn causes those bones to vibrate and, and it kind of uh, uh, presses against a little – think of it like a little window in the cochlea. Okay. Now, the cochlea is filled with fluid and uh, actually has two chambers separated by a membrane. The membrane has a tiny little hole in it, which allows the fluid to move back and forth between the two chambers. And inside the cochlea are thousands and thousands of little cells with tiny little hairs in them. Right. Now, as the fluid vibrates or moves through the cochlea, that causes those hairs to vibrate – these, these vibrations get converted into electrical impulses, which go to your brain. And that's how you perceive sound. Okay. Your brain receives that, that, those electrical impulses and says, ah, that's a dog barking. Right. All right. That so makes sense. that's, that's, it's kind of a, it's actually a really fascinating process. I mean, anything that involves that kind of level of biology to me is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember when we did our cyborgs podcast, we talked about cochlear implants. And cochlear implants bypass the eardrum, bypass all of that. They, they have electrodes that actually go against the cochlea mm-hmm. so that it, it simulates those electrical impulses that would otherwise have been created by those little tiny hairs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's the thing. Those cells inside the cochlea are both delicate and they do not heal if you damage them. If you damage those cells, if they, they, they stop working, you start to lose hearing. And there's no way to get it back right now. Wow, that's a bummer. Yeah.
1: So to uh I mean to put it mildly, I was trying to be sort of semi-facetious. But yeah, I mean that's that's serious. It's something that you don't want to mess with.
0: Right. And I mean there's like twenty-four thousand of these cells in your in, in each cochlea. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, they are easily damaged, and once they're damaged, that's it. Yes. And and loud noises can do that. It's you know, you you think about it. The, uh, the vibrations of your eardrum are fairly small, but they're magnified by those three little bones because mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're pressing against a very, very tiny spot on the cochlea. So everything that happens to the eardrum is magnified once you get down to the cochlea level. So if you're playing really or listening to really loud sounds or you're subjected to really loud sounds, um, you're really giving it a workout. Mm-hmm. So that's what can actually cause damage to those cells. And we're not talking about just
1: using earbuds. This can be any kind of loud sound,
0: right? Yeah, that
1: could damage your hearing. You
0: don't even have to have headphones on. I mean, if you were—that's why you see people who work at airports having ear protection on at all times, because if you know those, those jets make up—they make really loud noises. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, we we measure these noises in decibels, mm-hmm. and uh, and in general, once you get over a hundred decibels, you're starting to get into the the dangerous area, right? And it's It's a matter of not just the intensity but the time that you spend listening to that sound mm-hmm. right so if you hear like a really loud noise, it's not like you're going to necessarily suffer damage just from one isolated incident. but if you're hearing a series of loud noises, for example an a c d c concert mm-hmm. for a nice long time, that's more likely to over the course of of the evening cause hearing loss and it may not be perceptible immediately thereafter it just might mean that you will experience more dramatic hearing loss faster than you would otherwise yes so let's get down to earbuds okay now that we've covered those bases
1: well at uh the answer to the question that, that christopher posed is actually uh fairly simple depending on whom you ask yes um for me i would have a uh, I would have asked Dean Garstecki.
0: Uh Northwestern University guy.
1: Yes, the uh, professor and the chair in the uh, Roxlin and Richard Pepper Department of Communication Sciences and Disorders.
0: This audiologist is yes. what is one of his titles.
1: That's the shorter one. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he, he deals with hearing and hearing loss and knows a lot of people who do. Um, and, uh, which will be important later. Um, and the thing is, he says, um, Frankly, he has what he calls a sixty sixty rule. Yes, have you? I, I take you've seen this. Yes, yes. Uh, I got mine. My, my information from a Science Daily article, um, but uh, yeah, apparently he believes that you should listen to music on a set of earbuds no more than sixty minutes a day at in a twenty four hour period at sixty percent volume. No more than sixty percent right, volume. Right, right. So uh, that's pretty simple. Don't listen to your earbuds for more than an hour a day at just a little bit more than medium volume.
0: Right. And uh, and uh he bases this mainly, as far as I can tell, off of a typical iPod player. Now, the article right. that you are referring to, I read the same one. Exactly. I think it was written in around 2005. Yes, it was. It was so in 2005. The iPod that was built in 2005 that they were talking about had a maximum uh, volume level of around 130 decibels, mm-hmm. which is above the threshold for what could cause hearing loss if you listen to it for, for any extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 60% of that would be presumably safer as long as you listen to it for an hour or less. Right. Um, Here's, here's another thing about earbuds. It's interesting. Earbuds can actually boost up the, the decibel level uh, like e- if you were to measure the decibel level by just say hooking up a regular pair of headphones and measuring it that way,
1: mm-hmm. a pair of headphones that would actually go over over your ears,
0: yeah, over the ear headphones, or even just the padded kind, not necessarily right. over the ear, but you know they don't go into on, the ear, on now. ear, yes, mm-hmm. on ear earphones, headphones rather. Um Those might come in at let's say that you measure it and it comes in about say uh, eighty decibels, right? All right, earbuds can boost that up. Up to, uh, up to nine decibels more mm. than the equivalent headphones. And part of that is because it's closer to your, your actual eardrum. Uh huh. So it, the sound waves are traveling a, a shorter distance and they aren't dispersing as much. They're, they're, the intensity is higher. So the 80 decibel sound you would get out of a normal pair of headphones is going to jump up to 89 decibels mm-hmm. in earbuds. Now, if you're listening at one of the higher levels, Then you're, you know, each, you have to remember that as you get closer to that threshold, uh, each time, each increment you go over the threshold is, is not, it's not a linear, um, uh, progression of how much more dangerous it is to your hearing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's greater than linear. Mm -hmm. It's not quite, you know, logarithmic, but it's somewhere in between. You just wanted to say
1: logarithmic, I bet. Often. Yeah.
0: At any rate, so yeah. Uh, so he's got the sixty sixty rule, but you also have to remember if you're using earbuds, you need to make that uh take that into effect. And of course, today you can find MP three players that have kind of self imposed limits on how loud they can get. Yes. Some of which you can work around.
1: Uh right. <laughs> well no, I was gonna get to to that in a, in a oh, minute. Oh sure, sure. Uh, I, I, Let's take but, our time. But the uh the friends thing, uh the reason I brought that up was mm. uh and in, in that article, he cited a friend of his who worked at Wichita State University. And apparently what this friend will do, another professor, uh, will walk across campus. And, and as this friend is doing so, um, we'll find students wearing I- earbuds and we'll ask – we'll stop them and ask them to take out the earbuds and we'll check to see how loud they uh, were playing. And in a lot of cases – the uh, the students were listening to music at 110 or 120 decibels
0: yeah and uh and osha recommends that you don't listen to any uh any sound level greater than 110 decibels for more than half a, half an hour a day
1: right so right. if you're
0: listening to music at 110 120 and chances are you're listening to it for more than half an hour most of us i think Probably listen to you know I'd say half hour is a good minimum amount of time. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, that that's the thing is uh, according again to this article, um, all, volume at that level uh, can cause hearing loss after only an hour and fifteen minutes, which is a pretty short period of time when you think about it. Yeah, that that probably factors into the to the sixty sixty rule, um, and um, you know basically uh, the thing is you you there are factors that you can and t- take into account like the distance uh between your ear and the the source of the sound and and the volume of course but uh one thing that the iPods and other music players have today that say the early the Walkman and uh sound players of the 1980s and 1990s don't have is a much longer battery life mm-hmm. and that's a problem because um they will last for hours and hours especially when they're new and yep. if you're listening to music uh with an earbud in your ear at that volume for an extended period of time, you're you're more or less guaranteed to cause hearing loss.
0: Yeah, if nothing you else, you have time. the ear fatigue, which you know, that's yes. when you when you take them out and you just feel like like things just don't sound right to you anymore, everything's kind of muffled, that's a good indication that you've caused some some damage to your hearing. Um, mm-hmm. It may not be it may not stay that severe for uh forever it may be that gradually you start to you know, notice that you've got your hearing back. But mm-hmm. what it means is that those cells, even if they aren't dead, are damaged and that over time they can get more damage until they stop working entirely. Mm-hmm. So it may not mean that you lose a, a uh, perceptible amount of hearing at that time – but it means that over the long run, you're going to lose your hearing faster than you would have otherwise. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been going on since the uh, the ear, uh, the headphone phenomenon of uh, portable music players having your your music with you anywhere and everywhere. Um, in, you know, the research I, I uh, had seen basically said, you know, yes, there there have been more people losing their hearing before you know old age when you might expect people to start losing their hearing. Um, since people have been carrying around their music with them and using portable music players. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's certainly an issue.
0: The, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention out here in Atlanta, actually, uh, reported that noise-induced hearing loss uh, – they found noise-induced hearing loss in nearly 13 percent of Americans between 6 and 19. mm mm-hmm. So you think uh, about serious. that. I mean, yeah, hearing loss is usually one of those things that comes, like you said, along with aging. But between the ages of six and 19, you know, these are these are when you're still growing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, maybe not 19. I mean, but I was growing at 19. I was just growing out. <laughs> uh, also, I, I thought I'd ask you. You're familiar yes. with the term tinnitus. Oh, yes.
1: Or uh, tinnitus, as some people pronounce uh, it.
0: Oh, I was thinking of it from that Beatles song. You know, the girl with tinnitus goes by. Anyway, so, um, so about 40 to 50 million Americans experience some degree of that and, uh, uh hyperacusis or I'm, th- I'm just going to say hyperacusis because I have no idea if that's the correct pronunciation and I don't even want to try a different one. Yeah. Um, but yes, the tinnitus or tinnitus. I heard to pronounce both ways. It's kind of it's it's a it's a persistent sound that you hear that's not generated by any external mm-hmm. um, f- source. So usually it's it's normally described as kind of a high ringing noise, but it can also be a buzzing or a whirring noise. Um, and then there's uh, it's it's one of those things where it can it can actually interfere with your hearing of normal sounds. Yes. Even though there's no perceptible, like someone who's standing next to you is not going to hear it because Mm -hmm. it's all in your your hearing.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, a number of uh, rock stars have come forward um, to talk to young people about listening to music too loud because they've said, you know what? Uh, Listening to loud music like I have been every day, you know, with these large amps behind me. Will damage your hearing because it's damaged mine. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking specifically, uh, you know, people like Pete Townsend, um, you know, of the Who. who,
0: I think he actually suffered a burst eardrum due to a certain Keith Moon and his exploding uh, drum kit.
1: (laughs) Well, yes. However, uh, Uh, I, I I don't think a small explosives count in the uh, earbud department, but it yes, those him. are also bad for your ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so so here's a hint. Yeah. Uh, be careful with earbuds and don't play directly in front of Keith Moon. Yes. That second one should actually about. be pretty easy. That one's pretty easy yeah. these days. Um. Thanks a lot. Oh, that's sad. Um, Sorry. Okay. So but I was going to make
1: Keith Moon jokes to a drummer. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah. He's one of my favorites too. Um. Joseph Birdsong and Bruce Wagoner, Did you run across these names? No. They are they are two people who filed suit against Apple, uh, specifically against Apple, saying uh, that its ear dra- the earbuds were designed to be put uh, deep into your ear canal, and uh, is you know are specifically going to be a, a problem. Um, you know, they also argue that there is no visual representation of the volume. Of course, there is when you're actually. Uh, speaking as somebody who's owned two different generations of iPods, yes, you can see roughly how loud it is as you're, you know, making a change to the volume or stopping or pressing play. But, you know, if you're not looking at it and, you know, the screen goes blank, no, there's no longer a visual representation of volume. Right. Nor is there sound isolation. And, uh, they were asking for, uh, for, uh, monetary damages, not because they had actually lost hearing themselves, but basically, uh, you know to get apple to improve safety raise awareness
0: um so it was, it was provide more, better headphones right it was more of a an, an a way to try and convince apple to change their uh their processes and their systems so that people would not suffer hearing damage down the road right right well the
1: uh the ninth circuit court of appeals who has come up many times in our podcast in yeah. california mm-hmm. um had affirmed a, a 2000 district court ruling uh, about this. Uh, I remember I read an article on in Reuters about this, that uh basically the plaintiffs didn't show that the use of the iPod poses an unreasonable risk of noise-induced hearing loss. Um and uh basically said that they didn't really have because they hadn't lost hearing themselves as a result of using the iPod, they didn't really have the guess, legal footing. Right. to to bring a case against Apple. But, you know, if they have raised awareness, um, you know, they I I imagine they would say that they have achieved some measure of success. Although, you know, certainly Apple's not the only one to be packaging earbuds with its products.
0: No, no. And there are plenty of independent earbuds out there that work with just about any kind of device that has, you know, essentially a three and a half millimeter headphone jack. Sure, sure. And uh, I was going to mention, that you know, it's really, it's not difficult to create a product that that would uh, uh, minimize the risk of, of hearing loss. You just uh-huh. create one that has a maximum output beneath the uh, the danger zone, really, mm-hmm. um, which would be bad because he wouldn't be able to play that. that Kenny Loggins song. Yeah, okay, you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, I'm amazed. You know, we've had, what, like three different – three or four different music references. Oh, four because of ACDC. Um at any rate, the, uh, it wouldn't be difficult to do that, but I think that the, the outcry, weak as it may be from the, the hearing impaired, mm-hmm. um, the outcry from, uh, the, that's terrible. The, the that's outcry, really the outcry from, from people who, the customers who are purchasing this and saying, you know, no matter how loud I turn it up, it's not loud enough. Um, I mean, I know that on my iPod, I actually bypassed the, uh, the safety.
1: Yeah, because there is a safety on on right. iPods. Now.
0: Well, the reason I did was not because I want to listen to music at a uh, you know an eardrum blasting level. Mm-hmm. The problem is that sound files aren't all recorded at the same volume level. That's right. So you listen to two different sound files, and you you haven't even touched the volume, and one might be whisper quiet, and the other one might be blisteringly loud.
1: Yes, the and way that people have recorded sound over the past. Uh, you know, a few decades has changed dramatically, especially in the last 15 to 20 years. And even
0: say. the way that it's converted into the MP3 format can, that can be affected that way too, depending on, on your, uh, on how you're converting things over.
1: You know what? I wish I had done research on and it just occurred to me just now. What's I that? hate it. I usually have one of these in every podcast and, and normally I keep it to myself because I feel, uh, sad that I didn't think of it. But, uh, I had read somewhere that, um, that, Basically, because they are trying to improve the hearing of certain frequencies in music on recordings, they want you to hear um, basically enhanced. They're accenting the parts that they want you to hear. Let's Mm -hmm. say that they're accenting the frequencies because they're using compression and other techniques to make this work. Right. Make things seem louder. Right. Um, I had read somewhere that uh, that. It may cause people to lose the ability to hear in other frequencies as a result of that. Basically that we won't be able to hear anything between 20 and 20,000 hertz. Now, I don't know if that's true. I wish I'd looked that up before this podcast. So don't write in and say, you didn't say whether it was true. I don't know. I'm, I want to go look it up and I might report back because I, that would be interesting to, to know and, and maybe – Something that they have to do a lot of study on before they can really tell for sure, but that's sort of like the vestigial toe thing.
0: Like I do walk? remember hearing f- about <clears throat> audio engineers who complained that we're losing a lot of the n- the nuance of of music. We're losing a lot of the the high highs and low lows and and well, yeah. of the subtle stuff, and everything is just becoming equally loud. Which yes. is also why you can suffer ear fatigue as you listen to music because it's all being blasted at you at the same intensity. There's no variation. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have, uh, for example, headphones that limit you to, say, 20 to 20,000 hertz. And then, you know, all the things that theoretically you can't hear, but you sort of feel, uh, more than hear. Right. Um, you don't, we really don't get that sort of an experience like you would, say, if you were at a live concert and listening to it in, in person. So, you well, know, that it's, it's really kind of fascinating when you think about the science of sound and how all that works and, and how our electronics are changing that and, and, Either enhancing or uh, retarding that in some degree.
0: Sure. and And on a related note, that actually brings me to a second round of listener mail. This listener mail comes from Daniel, and Daniel says, "Hi, guys, so I'm looking at buying the brand redacted headphones and was wondering, how are they stereo if they're binaural?" What does binaural actually mean, anyway? I thought it meant a single channel with two earpieces. Come to think of it, how do headphones work in general, uh, especially the noise canceling kind? Thanks, Daniel. Well, we figured since this was kind of on the the same subject, I would I would tackle this really quickly. Sure. Binaural is actually a method of recording. It's not it's not a method of playback. All right. So you're familiar with the stereo recording system where you're using at least two microphones, right? Yes. Essentially, two microphones. Space two apart. channels, two channels. Yeah, yeah. A channel per microphone. You've got one microphone. Let's say, let's say you have one set up near, uh, like a a a, a speaker where it's the uh, the the lead guitarist, and then another one that's over by the drums or whatever. And then by recording both, you know, the the microphones are a good space apart. You can get two different channels of sound, mix them together, and then you get this uh, this more complex sound than you would if you use just one microphone, right? Right. All right. Binaural takes that an extra step. Binaural, what they do is they take an analog of a human head. And by that, I mean like a human head. Yes. A human head. Uh, usually a dummy. Um, sometimes, a, a poor schlub who, no, no, a yeah. dummy. They get a dummy's head. And instead of ears, it has microphones, omnidirectional microphones. Um, sometimes they, they go to great lengths to try and, uh, and, and, and uh, simulate human ears. The idea here being that you set this down in a recording area, you play whatever the sound is, and it picks up sound as if it were a person standing in that exact location. Mm -hmm. So when you listen to the recording, the two tracks are never mixed together into a single track. It's, you're, you're, you're getting one track in the left ear and one track in the right ear. Mm -hmm. Um, and ideally you would be hearing the sound as if you yourself had been standing at the recording session at that one time. Okay. It's kind of a neat idea. It works really well for things like classical music. Uh, I've heard it for audio drama where you are essentially inserted into the audio drama as a mute participant. Mm-hmm. so you hear people walking around you and leaning over and whispering things in your ear and that kind of thing and what they're doing is they are physically walking around this dummy head and physically whispering things into this microphone and you're hearing it as if you were you were there I mean the two microphones are spaced apart as if they were human ears so you get the sound at about the same speed as you would if you were actually there impressive so that's binaural mm-hmm. uh, so it really any pair of headphones can do it and any pair of stereo headphones can can do this sort of thing and you could even listen to it it on regular speakers, but you would lose that stereo effect unless you had really a, a good surround a good separation. sound setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, separation is very important with that. And yes, um, it is. as for noise canceling, that's mm-hmm. also kind of interesting. The way noise canceling works is through a method called destructive interference. Yes. Now you talked about the longitudinal waves that yes. sound is created.
1: The information I actually got
0: from our article on how noise cancelling headphones work. Right. So what noise cancelling headphones do is they have a little microphone in them that detects the noise in the environment.
1: Right. At least the, the active
0: ones. <clears throat> the active ones. So you have passive one's all they do is cover up you your ears. Extra insulation. Right. So it's it's That's essentially the same thing <laughs> as uh, the same method as sticking the fingers into the ears. That's essentially what the la, passive la, ones la, did, I right? can't hear you. Active ones have a microphone in them that mm-hmm. picks up the sound uh, in the environment and then it generates a sound with the same, uh, frequency, but, um, but s- turned 180 degrees. Yeah. All right. So the, the, the troughs and valleys, uh, Yeah, the, peak, uh, the, peaks the peaks and peaks troughs, and valley- peaks and troughs. I'm saying the same thing. The troughs and valleys, the dips and the valleys and <laughs> <in> the troughs. <laughs> no, the peaks and the troughs. Thank you, Paulette. Uh, match up so that you get one kind of solid bar and essentially the two sounds cancel each other out.
1: Right. Right. Um, they basically sort of make a form of white noise, if you will.
0: Right. And since they are active headphones, they require power. So that's why they need to have batteries in them. Uh, yeah, because otherwise it can't generate that signal. Right. And you know, I, I've listened to music on noise-canceling headphones. And the nice thing about them is that you don't have to turn the volume up nearly as much to try and drown out all the ambient noise. That's the other problem with earbuds, right? Right. Is that they aren't good at canceling ambient noise. So instead of canceling it, you're just trying to overpower it. Yeah. And that, that in turn ends up causing damage to your hearing.
1: Well, yes. And, and uh, as Garstecki said, um, noise-canceling headphones or any kind of headphone that uh, you can use to, uh, you know, prevent – to get it farther away from your ear, the source of the, the sound farther away from your ear, uh, that's going to help. And I assume uh, that that's part of it too is that you're not trying to drown out the outside noise such as, oh, I don't know, say a lawnmower. Right. Right. So you know, drowned it out that. with more noise
0: <laughs> so uh, well, thanks a lot, Christopher and Daniel that, those were great questions yeah had, had a really good conversation there about I hope you heard it. Uh, if any oh. of you have any questions you would like to send us, our email address is text up. At howstuffworks.com. Remember, we have a Twitter feed an official Tech Stuff Twitter feed now. You can find us on Twitter. Our uh, our handle is techstuffhsw Stuff H S W, all one word. And we also have a Facebook fan page. So do a search for Tech Stuff on Facebook. Yep. Uh, come yep. on and join the fun, guys. We're actually having some good conversations on there. So uh, the more, the merrier. Yep. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a
1: tech stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. TechStuffHSW is our handle and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com/techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
0: and be sure to check out the new TechStuff blog now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two.